This morning, I am blessed and privileged to have a very, very good friend of mine with us. Actually, friends. They're like family. Um, Pastor Daryl Rhodes pastors in Farmington, Missouri, and he's also the district presbyter of the Southern Missouri District. So I better be on my best behavior this morning, right? And so him and his lovely wife, Pastor Darlene, do a wonderful job in Farmington, and they pastor there together. Not only do they pastor there, but they have literally went around the world and preached the gospel. Many years ago, I went on a missions trip. I went on a missions trip to meet uh, Sean, and I went on a missions trip to the Republic of Georgia. Well, this is the wonderful couple that we went with and had a wonderful time uh, with an opportunity to minister to those wonderful people. And so it is my privilege and honor that we have both of them with us today. And Pastor Darlene will be speaking tonight, but Pastor Rhodes will be speaking this morning. And we want to give him a Christ point. God bless you and welcome. Would you stand and welcome? Uh, let's welcome both of them. Would you welcome both of them as they come this morning? Come on, let's tell them how much you love them. What a joy it is to be at Christ Point in Galena, Kansas. Aren't you glad to be a part of an exciting church, a church that's alive, a church that's worth the drive? What an exciting place to be on a Sunday morning. Amen. I am so honored to come again, and this time with my husband. I loved uh, the opportunity that I had uh, in 19, uh, or 2019, I believe it was. And uh, what a wonderful church. But what excites me, Brother Josh and, and Tiffany, so much is you can experience when you walk in that door the growth and the maturity and the excitement for Jesus. And God, yes, he's just started with Christ Point. I believe that with all of my heart. We're excited to be here. God bless you. And uh, my favorite preacher. I mean, I love Josh. Josh is second. Josh is second. But this is my favorite preacher. I love this man of God. And I'm so thankful for him. Thank you. It was a joy to have Pastor Josh and Sean Taylor with us in the Republic of Georgia and uh, I have asked the bishop over there if uh, they would want Josh to come back. And they told me that Josh was one of their very favorites. They had two more. But you were one of the very favorites that had been on any mission trips with us. And they, they have extended you a, a welcome. And I think they've been here to this church to minister before. So uh, anyway, I just want to say what a pleasure it is to be here this morning. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, we... Uh, our churches, uh, we have pastors in the church this morning filling in for us, so we, we were glad to get away for a while. Could I say it's good this morning to have a couple from our church that got up at 4.30 this morning, left Farmington at 4.30 this morning, and drove all the way to Galena, Kansas, to be with you this morning at Christ Point. And uh, it's such a privilege and an honor to have Chris and Jessica Norman, very vital part of our church family. Would you give them a good hand this morning? We love this dear couple. He is our executive producer for our uh, At the Table with Darlene podcast, uh, which comes out every Sunday evening on SoundCloud, iTunes, um, 
I can't remember all of them, but uh, several different platforms. But at the table with Darlene, and uh, he told me just a moment ago that we are in at least 35 nations with the podcast going around the world. He tracks it, and uh, it's just amazing what God is doing. All he wants us to do is be available. Amen? He just wants us to be available and and, uh, obey him and be available. And uh, I love your pastor, and I love Sister Tiffany. I am so glad that they got married, having a baby, and uh, uh, grow. uh, I tell you what, I just, I love this couple so much, and we've known Pastor Josh for many, many years, and uh, he's he's like a son in the Lord. I can't claim him as a son because, you know, Brother Jimmy Patillo claims him as his son, so, uh, but we we claim Josh as our son also, so, uh, hey, say this with me this morning, say, Satan is defeated. Come on, say it like you really mean it. Satan is defeated. God is exalted. And Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's say it one more time. Satan is defeated. God is exalted. And Jesus Christ is Lord. I had a whole lot of preliminary things I was going to say before, but because of the time, I want to get right into the Word this morning. Uh, I do want to give honor again to the wonderful, wonderful pastor that you've had here for 12 years at this church, and we uh, thank God for what he is doing through Brother Josh. He is also now the uh, one of the assistant general bishops for the Pentecostal Church of God, and he's traveling around to district, different districts and encouraging bishops and, and uh, different leaders throughout the district, and uh, it's a joy. It's a joy to be used by God, Brother Josh, and thank you for uh, accepting that position. Amen. So, are you ready for the word this morning? Well, you're going to, you have to be a little more convincing if you want me to preach. So, are you ready for the word today? Okay, so how many knows summer is almost over? Summer is almost over. And back to school. Have you started back to school yet? Back to school is, is uh, just right around the corner, if not. And uh, how many took a vacation this summer? Took a vacation. How many took your kids with you on vacation? We have one more big holiday, uh, Labor Day's coming up, and it's going to be a day of people taking vacations and taking their children out and going uh, to the lakes, going camping, going picnicking and whatever, and it's, uh, it's one more big weekend. But how many realized when you got in the car this summer to take your vacation with your children, there is a question that all of us have heard. Uh, uh, you know, it's going to be a long trip, but out of the back seat comes these questions. You know, you're 10 miles from home. You th- you're thinking, you know, it's going to be a great trip. Kids are playing with their devices and, uh, uh, you know, the, and they ask you this question and then you get about 40, 50 miles further down the road and they ask you this question once again. Uh, and it's usually in this whiny, obnoxious voice that's designed to drive parents crazy. How many knows what I'm talking about? What's the question? Are we there yet? How many's heard that question in the back seat from your of your car many times? Are we there yet? And we suffer from what we call destination impatience. Now, it's not only in the back seat of the car it's coming from our children, it also comes from many many church members. Are we there yet? We get that destination impatience uh, with the Lord. Lord, are we there yet? Lord, how long is it going to take? God, when this church going to grow? God, when's that prophetic word going to come to pass in my life? God, when, am, when are my prayers going to be answered? God, what's taking you so long? And we, we began to irritate God with that questions that our children irritate us with. You know, uh, you know, rookie parents will always try to pacify their children by giving them this, uh, uh, 
fake answer. You know, it won't be long, son. It won't be long. We're almost there. It's not going to be long. We're just hang on just a little bit longer. But that's not, you know what I did? I told my kids, I said, no, we're not almost there. We're not even close to being there. So shut your whining and shut your mouth or we're never going to get there. And that's why our children are still in therapy today. But uh, are we there yet? It goes all the way back to the Old Testament. And I want us to turn, first of all, to a New Testament scripture that you're very familiar with. By the way, when Josh and, and Brandon were at our church a little over a year ago, maybe a year ago this week, I don't know. But uh, they blessed our church. Our church fell in love with Pastor. They, they, even ask, they even ask us all the time, when's Josh coming back? When's Pat Pennington coming back? When's Brandon coming back to be with us? And so uh, they love you guys at Solid Rock. And we're so, we had a great time. But uh, I want you to turn with me today. And uh, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And on your way to chapter 12, I want you to look at somebody and say, are we there yet? We're going to begin in verse uh, uh, chapter, chapter 12, verse 8 through 10. We're going to read that. And then we're going to jump over into the Old Testament. Now, I realize that Dr. Pennington uh, is highly educated. And he's very doctrinal correct and very theologically correct. But I'm just going to mess up everything this morning, Dr. Pennington. I'll I'll just, you can come back and clean it up next week, okay? So if I I say something that maybe you've been taught a little different, just, just say, hey, Pastor Rhodes is from the country. He's from Farmington, so you don't know better. All right? So let's, let's read. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he asked me, my grace, he, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power or my strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. How many knows we all have weaknesses? Now, I'm a very positive preacher. I, I, I believe in preaching the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, it's a very positive gospel. But listen. I'm not afraid to tell you that we all have weaknesses, and we all have to go through things from time to time, but we go through them. Can I hear an amen? We don't get in there and camp out in the middle of them. We go through those things. So we all have, have weaknesses. And so uh, Paul says, therefore, I will take pleasure. This is Thayer's Greek uh, uh, lexicon, uh, lexicon uh, translation uh, interpretation. It says, I take pleasure, and I am well pleased in my weakness. So that Christ's power may rest upon me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. I delight in insults. I delight in hardships. I delight in persecutions. And I even delight in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Can I hear a good Christ point amen this morning? So, so, so when, when we think about this, uh, persecutions and insults and, and difficulties, we, you know, we, we want to, I want to go back to the Old Testament for just a minute, and I want to show you a group of people that went through some difficult times, but God was with them through those difficult times and delivered them. That's why we're going to Exodus chapter three. So now let's go all the way back to the second book of the Old Testament and let's look at Exodus chapter three. And let's see what God is about to do for these people that have been slaves for several hundred years. Okay? So the Bible says in verse 7 and 8, The Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people. How many of those God sees exactly where you're at today? I mean, this is Old Testament, but how many of those God sees exactly where we're at? He says, I have heard their cries of distress. Listen, God not only sees where you're at, but he's heard your cries. Somebody say, that's good news. 
because of their harsh slave drivers. And yes, I am aware of their sufferings. He sees, he hears, he's aware, and he said, I've come down to rescue you from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land that's flowing with milk and honey. I'm here to tell you this morning, I came all the way from Farmington to tell you today that there is a God who actually sees human misery. He actually hears our cries and he will come down to rescue us when we call up on him. Can I hear an amen? Now, I love audience participation. My church knows I like to hear an amen once in a while. And if you're sitting next to somebody that's sleeping, just give them an elbow and say, shout amen and see what happens. Okay. Now, now, so if, if you're familiar with the maps of your Bible, we all we're familiar with Genesis through Revelation, but are we familiar with the maps in our Bible? They are there for a reason. And when you look at the geographical location, <clears throat> it was a very short trip across the Sinai Peninsula, Peninsula to get over into the promised land. Uh, it's a direct route. It would have taken probably, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's probably about two weeks it would have taken to get through to the promised land. It's called the Way of the Sea, the Via Maris. It's the Way of the Sea. It was a well-known road in the ancient world, but the problem was the Philistines lived over in that area, and the Philistines were hostile. They were men of war, and the children of Israel, these slaves, had not been trained in war. They didn't know how to fight. They didn't know how to defend themselves. They had weapons because the Bible says they left not only with the jewelry and the gold and the silver, but they also left armed. And so uh, God did not lead them by the shorter route. Somebody say, are we there yet? I'm sure there was people that asked that question many times. Are we there yet? Are we almost there? They didn't know it was going to be 40 years yet when he, when he led them across there. But, 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 but God says, you're not trained. You're not equipped. You haven't developed faith in me yet. And I, I'm going to take you the, the long route. In fact, let's look at chapter 13 real quickly. Chapter 13, verses 17 through 18. Let's look at this now. God did not lead them through the land of the Philistines, although that was the most direct route from Egypt to the promised land. The reason was that God felt that the people might become discouraged by having to fight their way through, even though they had left Egypt armed. He thought they might return to Egypt. Instead, God led them through a... This is my words. A roundabout way. He led them through with a detour around the route through the Red Sea wilderness. Now, there's a whole other message here. I don't have time to get into it this morning. But anytime we as believers back off from our uh, afflictions or we back off from our attacks, we back off from the uh, things that the, the enemy seems to be bringing our way sometimes, when we back away, how many knows when the, the, really it ought to be that when, when the going gets tough, the tough ought to get going. But you know what so many times we as believers do? We back off because we encounter some resistance. We'll back away. Now this, 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 this is gonna, this is gonna be good. So buckle your seatbelts here in just a minute. Uh, now you, you may not miss heaven, but I'm gonna tell you what you're gonna do. You're gonna miss out on an abundant, fruitful life because you've backed away from warfare. You haven't learned to develop your faith. You haven't learned to use your faith muscle and you back away from it. You don't know how to face difficulties. Don't know how to face challenges. Do you know that's why so many people change churches every six months to a year because they don't know how to overcome offenses they don't know how to keep from getting their feelings hurt and so they'll change churches every time something goes against them or how many knows these days it's not it's not unpopular to change spouses 
We're having a problem. I think I'll change spouses. Or you change your job. You, you, you just run around. And God said, okay, okay. You're, you're not going to take the short, short route. How about 40 years? 40 years uh, in the desert until all of the 20-year-olds and older uh, have passed away. They've gone on. And only two guys can make it in. And it's Joshua and Caleb. And they were 85 years old. Thank God I still have hope. <laughs> Thank God I still have hope. Amen. <laughs> Now they have to cross the peninsula. There's a pillar in front of them. Y'all know the story, right? There's a pillar of fire in front of them by night, and there's a pillar of cloud to lead them by day. I mean, knows that's a pretty, pretty cool navigational system. Amen. Uh, it's pretty cool night light they get to follow, and they're going to be led by God. And the pillar begins to move. Now, now listen, the pillar begins to move, but immediately they notice it's going in the wrong direction. The promised land is northeast, and the pillar is moving south. And so they think this pillar is directionally challenged. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And many times, we as people, we may think God is directly, uh, uh, is, is challenged directionally because sometimes He don't take us the way we want to go. Sometimes, sometimes God will take us a different route. Sometimes God will answer our prayer a different way than we wanted it to be answered. And the question that I want to ask you this morning is this. Will I follow God even when he doesn't move the way I think he should be moving? Will I follow God even when my prayers aren't answered the way I thought they should be? Will I follow God even when he hasn't moved yet? Are we there yet? Look at your neighbor and say, are we there yet? Turn to your other neighbor, the one you didn't like, and say, are we there yet? Let me ask you this. Are we going to follow God when we don't understand God? I've been believing God for over, over 20 years. Just uh, some words that God has given me 20 years ago. Those prophetic words, Josh, still haven't come to pass. But I believe. I believe they're going to come to pass. I may not be there yet, but I'm getting there. Will we follow him? Will you obey him? Even when you don't get what you think you need. Come on now. Will they stay faithful on this detour? Will they stay faithful? Now, I raise that issue because I know that every one of us, uh, we've, we've been on these detours. I don't like detours. You know, every time I go to Dallas, every time I drive to Dallas, there's detours. There's lanes, lanes that are closed. you got to get over on the shoulder. you got to go up the service road. I don't like detours. You know why? Because detours take us out of our comfort zone, right? We go places we not, we're not familiar with. Uh, detours will, will slow us down. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but I, when I, when I go somewhere, I want to get there. Anybody like that? You know us men, don't you? Us, us men, we're goal oriented. Well, you know, we don't, we don't want to stop at every jack in the box. We don't want to stop at every bathroom. We want to get the, we put, what do, we put the pedal to the metal and we go like crazy because we're goal oriented. We got to get there. Got to stop at Chick-fil-A. Now, how many of those women are a little different? Women want to stop at every yard sale. They, they want to stop at every, every bathroom, right? Come on, ladies. We, women want to stop. But, but us guys, man, we want to get there. And God takes them on this detour. And uh, one of the most irritating qualities that God has that really bothers me is he's never in a hurry. I said he's never in a hurry. I've, I've renamed God as Jehovah Nicotime. 
Because he doesn't come in at the first hour, the fourth hour, the sixth hour. He comes in at the eleventh hour, the fifty-ninth minute, and I call him Jehovah Nick time. Because he's never in a hurry. Isn't that, isn't, doesn't that just get you sometimes? But listen, now this is not just a minor detour these guys are taking. This is a major detour. In fact, Israel's going to spend 40 years, one generation, wandering through the wilderness. Should have been a couple of weeks, but here we are, 40 years. You go where you don't want to go. It's a desert place. It's a wilderness. It's non-productive. Nothing's happening. Services are boring. Church is boring. We just come in, we come out. Nothing seems to be changing. It's a dry, uh, it's a barren place. And, and, And you don't know how long you're going to be there. Somebody shout, are we there yet? Come on, you can do better. Are we there yet? I say this because sometimes people will, will uh, evade the reality of admitting we have, that we're going through a desert or we're going through a dry place. They think they're unspiritual if they admit, I'm going through a dry place. And sometimes, sometimes we put our head in the sand. Uh, we take the ostrich stance. And, but I want to tell you something, sweetheart. You are going to go through the desert. You're going to have some detours along the way. And I tell everybody that I take with me on our missions teams, I say, now listen, number one rule is we have to be flexible. We have to be flexible. I don't know if you remember that or not, but we, we, we talk to the team and say, we've got to be flexible, you know. And I'm telling you, heartache, heartaches are going to come. There will be times of desert, dry places, but we don't give up. We keep pressing in. We keep pressing on. Sometimes, sometimes these deserts are triggered by an event uh, in our lives. Maybe, uh, maybe you get a phone call from the sheriff's department at 2 o'clock in the morning and said, we have your son down here at the local jail. He was arrested for drunk driving. Or, or you get a call from your doctor and the, and the report says it's not good. And these events are triggered by some things that, that we don't want to see happen. And suddenly we're going through a desert place. If you're with me, shout amen this morning. You know, we, 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 we find out there's financial disaster. Uh, uh, some of you have experienced that. You lose your job, uh, so forth and so on. But it seems like those deserts come for sometimes just no reason at all. It comes out of the blue. Where, where did that come from? But I'm telling you, when it comes, and it will, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten you. It doesn't mean that God is judging you. Come on now. It doesn't mean that God is, is penalizing you. Amen? And uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean at all that you, especially that you've been a failure just because we go through these things. I'm going to tell you something. God is often at work in the deserts of our lives. In the wildernesses of our life, our God is at work. Even when I don't see it, I don't understand it, I can't figure it out, but I know my God is at work. And so God's way is rarely the quickest and rarely is it the easiest. Amen? And so, uh, when you go through these deserts, uh, there's, there's going to be times that uh, uh, God's going to shape you. In fact, I really believe that the real shaping of our maturity and walk and, and, and training with God will come in those desert places where He can shape us into what He wants us to do. So, uh, we're going to learn some lessons from the desert this morning. If you'll, if you'll allow me, I'm going to give you four lessons that we, we can learn from the desert places of our lives. Okay, lesson number one, the desert is the place we learn patience. Everybody say patience. Now, this one's for me. This is not for anybody in here, okay? But this is just for old Daryl this morning because I, I need to learn patience. You know, patience, uh, we'd all like to have more patience, but nobody wants to go through what we have to go through to get patience. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I was I was at a um, shopping center in St. Louis one day, and 
I w- the, the parking lot at the Galleria was so full, you know, there was no parking spots. And I'd circled several times around the parking lot. And, and finally, I saw somebody go into their car, so I stopped in the lane. I turned on my blinker. I was going to take that parking spot as soon as she backed out. And uh, so there's these, these people backed out. I had my blinker on. I was getting ready to turn to go in, but I had to wait for her to back out. And while she was backing out, a car coming from the other way just zipped right in there. Yeah, only I didn't say Jesus. So I stopped my car right behind hers. She got out of the car. I said, hey, lady. This is Pastor Rhodes, you know, Pastor Rhodes. Uh, hey, lady. And I wasn't going to introduce myself as the pastor of Solid Rock. I, that's not what I had in mind to do that day. But uh, I, I got it out of my system, and then I drove around uh, some more. And it just so happens that on the next time around in front of the shopping center, she had already left her car and was walking across the crosswalk to get into the, into the uh, shopping mall. And I saw her up there, and boy, all of a sudden, the devil's devil jumped all over me, and I stepped on the gas, and I acted like I was going to run over her. And my Darlene, my Darlene said, Pastor Rhodes, get a hold of yourself. Anybody ever done that, or is it just me? Don't you appreciate a pastor that'll be honest with you? And I had to repent. I wasn't going to hit her, but I sure wanted to scare the devil out of her. And so, uh, so anyway, she goes into the store, and Darlene and I had gone into Panera's. We took our computers, and we were just going to study a little bit. And, uh, boy, God began to deal with me. How many, did everybody say patience? God began to deal with me. And, uh, and I really started to feel bad that I called her lady and acted like I was going to run over her. You know, that's not the Christian thing to do. But if you'll be honest, I'll guarantee you somebody in here has wanted to do that before. You want to raise your hand? Of course not. <laughs> so so uh, as God began to deal with me, I, I, got a, I got a piece of paper and I got my ink pen and I wrote a note. I was going to put it on her windshield. And I said, dear lady... And I confessed my sin to her and asked her to please forgive me, even though I don't know who she was, but I know where she was parked. And so I folded that piece of paper up, and I took it out, and I walked all the way to where she had parked, and she was gone. But I felt like at least I had repented to God for that, for that impatience. Now, how many knows? every day the children of Israel were going to wake up and they were going to see that pillar of cloud every night they was going to see that pillar of fire and they had to make a decision am i going god's way or am i going to go my way am i going to follow god or am i going to follow myself if it sits there and doesn't move do i have the patience to sit here all day who knows how long watching that cloud not move and we've all been in those positions Every one of us have been in those positions where, 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 where God, where we wanted to move and God said, just sit still for a while. Just wait a little bit. Wait a little longer. Has anybody ever jumped out ahead of God and it cost you? You ever went car shopping and you found a car that you thought you just had to have? I mean, it was the right color, the stereo worked, it had a Bose system in it and, and it had everything you wanted. And, 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 and you said, God, if this is the car you want me to have, please open the door. And every door was shut and every door was shut, but you just kept bumping those doors open and you finally ended up getting that car and found out it was a lemon and it cost you anyway, right? Anybody had done that besides me? Is this a participating church, Brother Josh? Okay, I want to make sure I'm in the right church today. 
I know you are because I heard you shouting a while ago. But, but listen, our hopes and our dreams, uh, maybe they haven't come true. Uh, maybe you had to take a detour. That prophetic word that, that, you know, Josh spoke a prophetic word over us a couple of years ago at a link conference. And that word is just now becoming, coming to pass. Just now coming to pass. He said, I can hear the dump trucks backing up. I don't know if you remember this or not. I can hear the dump trucks. Am I right? It was Josh, right? I can hear the dump trucks backing up at your church. And they're unloading. And finances are coming into your church in abundance like never before. He said, I hear the beep, 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 beep. And you know, we we held on to that word. And just now, portions of that are starting to come to pass. I can at least hear the beep, beep, beep of the backing up of the truck. Will you patiently wait for God? Sometimes, how many knows the older we get, the more impatient we get? You remember, you remember going to your grandpa's house and it was like a grumpy old man? Yeah, you remember, remember thinking, man, if I ever get old, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes the older we get, the harder it becomes to be patient. I love this story. I've heard it so many times, and you all have heard it many times, but I believe it's worth repeating. But it's an old story, and I still love it. But there's an elderly couple. They're lying in bed. And the wife says to her husband, You know, when we were young, honey, you used to hold my hand. He kind of grunted a little bit, and, but he reaches over and he grabs her by the hand. A few minutes later, she turns and looks at him again, and she says, You know what, honey? When we were young, you used to hold me when we were lying in bed. He grumbled again, and he... Turned over on his bed, turned over so he could get to her, and he, he began to hold her. It took a little more effort now. He was, wasn't quite as exciting, you know, and he rolls over, and he holds her. And a couple of minutes later, she says, you know, honey, I remember when, when we were young, you would nibble on my ear. When he heard that, he threw the covers back, jumped out of bed, and was walking out of the room. And she said, honey, honey, Fred, where are you going? And Fred says, I'm going to get my teeth. Now listen, it's one thing to nibble on the ear when you're young and you're in love and that air is lovely, that ear is lovely and the air is filled with Chanel number five, you know, and, 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 and now you're older and the room is filled with uh, the smell of Ben Gay and it's not just not quite like it used to be. Come on now. And you got to go get your teeth first. Aging will do it if nothing else will. So a desert place is being in a place I don't want to be. Now, this is not a negative message. This is to help you follow the will of God for the rest of your life. I want you to hear the voice of God, follow after God, and know that God gave you a word, and his, his promises are fulfilled through faith and patience. So it takes time, okay? So I want, I want to go on down to lesson number two. Lesson number one, the desert is the place where you learn patience. Lesson number two, the desert is the place where God makes you strong. Remember our text a while ago? It says, my power, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Uh, it's interesting that God would lead them on this detour, uh, when, you know, and, and instead of the direct route that would take them past the Philistines. 
but, but God knew that they had not developed their faith. They haven't developed their courage. They haven't developed, uh, you know, their skills. And so, and so it, it, it takes time. You know, it takes time for, for us to learn things like that. How many knows it took time? It took time for David. David didn't start off by killing the giant. How many knows? He was out watching the sheep. Along came a lion and he killed the lion. Along came the bear and he killed the bear. He had been practicing. He was getting his faith and his courage built up. And then one day this uncircumcised Philistine comes up to him and he, he, he said, God, help me kill the lion. God, help me kill the bear. And I'm going to take care of God's going to help me take care of this uncircumcised Philistine. He didn't get it in one trip, did he? He didn't make it in one trip. He was keeping sheep in the desert. He was patient. He was faithful in doing what God called him to do at that particular time, even though he may have already been crowned the king. Okay, so let's go on. Uh, so 400 years, these, these slaves have been in bondage to the Egyptian culture. They've been in that culture. That's all most of them ever knew was that culture, and, and slavery, slavery was still on the inside of them. You, you've heard this old adage, and it's been said many, many times. It took one night for God to deliver the children out of uh, Egypt but it took 40 years for him to get Egypt out of the Israelites. Are you with me this morning? Getting to heaven, that's the easy part. Getting to heaven's the easy part. But getting this toxicity of this world out of us, getting this culture that we're hearing about so much today on the news, getting that culture out of us, the negativity, it's no quick trip. It takes time. And some people just never get there. Some people stay. They stay locked in their culture, locked in their traditions. They never get beyond where God wants them to change and grow. I mean, it's not hard to trust God in the land of milk and honey. I mean, everything's, I mean, in the land of, uh, uh, of the wilderness where, where, where everything's provided for them. You know, they get up every morning, there's food. Uh, their clothes don't wear out. They never get sick. Think about this, ladies. They never had to buy a pair of shoes. That would be discouraging for my wife. My wife will buy shoes whether she needs them or not. But I can't say anything because I probably have as many shoes as she does. And, uh, we, we, but but in, the, in, the, in the wilderness, you know, they didn't, have to, they didn't have to work. All they had to do was look up. Where's the cloud? Where's the fire? Let's go. And God took care of them. But you know what? Once they got over to the promised land, there was work to be done. Amen? Faith's not so hard when everything's just handed to you. Amen? So I remember when I was learning to ride a bicycle, we started off with training wheels. And even with training wheels, my mother or my father would go behind me and hold the seat to keep me balanced, even with the training wheels. And I would be riding that bicycle, and, and they'd be holding on, and uh, I thought, man, I'm really doing, I'm doing good. And then, and then one day, they took the training wheels off, but they still held on to the seat. And they took off the, tr- and, and, and here I am riding this bicycle now. They're holding the seat and I'm feeling pretty confident. But then there was another day came along that they let go of the seat and I fell over. And I said, mom, why, why did you let go of the seat? Why didn't you, why did you let me fall like that and hurt myself? She said, I let go so you could learn to ride the bike on your own. And besides you're 25 years old. So I believe there's a time when God says, you know what? The time has finally come that you're going to have to move out on your own faith. Your mama's faith's not going to work for you anymore. Your pastor's faith may not work for you anymore. There's come a time when we've got to grow up. Can I hear a good amen this evening, this morning? Amen. Uh, what happens is, if everything's handed to us, we end up being this entitlement generation. And how many knows we're seeing that in our culture today? An entitlement attitude. And I'm telling you something, it'll ruin us. Amen. So when they got to the promised land, 
God says, okay, guess what? All the free stuff's over. Now you've got to plant trees. Now you've got to dig wells. Now you've got to do all this other stuff. And, and uh, I know when they got there, it was, already, it was already prepared for them, but they had to keep it going year after year after year. And so God says, the free stuff is over. You're going to have to start, you're going to have to start working now. You're going to have to start using your own faith. I'm tired of changing your diapers. I'm tired of giving you a pacifier. It's time that you grow up and do your own thing right now. And so this is where a lot of people mess up. Am I going too fast? I feel like I'm talking 90 miles an hour up here. Oh, it's only 11.30. If you'll say amen about two or three times, I'll let you out of here by 2 o'clock today, okay? <clears throat> so this, you know, this is where a lot of people mess up. You don't mature by sitting in the padded seat Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. That's why we have head, heart, hands, and feet teaching classes. To help you realize you're not called to just sit on a padded chair. You're called to be involved in ministry. We're all called to serve. We are all ministers. That word minister, diakonos, just means we're called to serve. We're called to help. We're called, we're called to get out and, and, and help the, build up the body of Christ. You know, the, uh, that's pastors teach and train according to Ephesians 4. We teach and we train so that we can, we can prepare you for the ministry. And that's what Brother Josh and Elder Brad, is that his name? Brandy, Randy is, is doing, uh, and they're helping you to get trained so that, so that you can, you know, I'm so tired, Pastor Josh, of having to baby people. I've been at my church almost 47 years, almost old. Oh, I've been there longer than your, than your pastor's old. I've been there 40, almost 47 years, <clears throat> uh, been, in, been in ministry over 50 years, but after a while, you just get tired of changing diapers. Why is it so quiet in here today? You, you get tired of going and buying new pacifiers. You, you, you kind of, after a while, after a while you feel like, I've got to please everybody or the church isn't going to grow. And I'm going to tell you something. Pastor Josh is not going to please you all the time. And Chris and Jessica can tell you right now that I certainly, I'm not going to baby people and I'm not going to try to please everybody just so that I can have them pat me on the back and say, you're a good pastor. So what if I do go past noon? I'm tired of worrying about, what if you go past noon? People are going to get up and walk out. Let them go. Well, what if the air conditioner is too cold or the heat's too hot? There's always going to be those kind of people in the church. Well, what if they sing too long? They sing that song, that one song they sang for 30 minutes. Don't they know anything else? What do you mean? What do you mean having drums in the church? Why? I've never heard drums in the church. And, and people get upset over the, over the silliest stuff, quit church, get offended over the silliest stuff. And so pastors have a tendency, you know, sometimes to say, well, now we got we to take care of everybody. We got to take care of everybody. Can I tell you something? This is not a carnival cruise. This is not a cruise ship. Well, was your meal okay? Was your room made up okay? Did you enjoy? Was the captain nice? Was the, was the t- attendance nice to you? Did, you? did you get enough to eat? This is not a cruise ship. Somebody shout amen. We are the army of God. Suck it up, buttercup. It's time that we realize, man, we, we, we're here to serve. We're here to help. We're not here to make it rough on our pastor. He has to give a report to the Lord about you. And the Bible says he wants to do it so he won't have to have grief. And so we need to to learn. Stop giving grief to our pastors. Amen? Sometimes the pastor has to let go of the bicycle so that you can learn to ride it by yourself. There's always going to be these times that we have high times and low times, peak times and low times. And uh, it's, 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 do I always feel, do I always feel spiritual? 
I don't know. Maybe I ought to ask your pastor if he always feels spiritual. Now, I don't think he's going to lie, so I think he's probably going to say no. We don't always feel spiritual any more than you do. You know, when I find myself in St. Louis rush hour traffic at about 4 p.m. on any weekday, my spirituality goes out the window. I, I just don't, I don't understand. I don't say, oh, praise God, this is the happiest day of my life. I may not get home before my birthday, but oh, I'm going to be just fine. Oh, no, I, I'm not like that at all. I'll say, you idiot, I, I, under my breath. What do you mean? What do you mean driving in the, this is a supposed, don't you know the laws of Missouri? This is a passing lane. You're not supposed to drive in that lane. This is a passing lane. What do you mean driving? Uh, get over, you snail. And I'm telling you what, I don't always feel spiritual. Who taught you how to drive anyway, you know? Where did you get your license at? Ask my wife. I still am learning to develop my patience. Now, I know all of you have got it perfected, right? So I'm just, I'm just up here to make me look bad today. Not all of our days are up days, are they, Pastor Josh? And uh, uh, I, I know you're going to appreciate Pastor Josh for being honest with you. Can I give you a tweet alert this morning? If you tweet, here, here's a good one to tweet. I don't know if he'll let you do it in church or not, but remember this. We grow more in our week periods than we do our peak periods. We grow more in our week periods than we do our peak periods. He says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. It's not going to be easy all the time. And God says, yes, there will be a few detours along the way. We don't know how long those detours are, and I know it will be out of our comfort zone, but they, you know, it's okay. It's all right. Sometimes... Sometimes we hear the news again. And, and I, I, I have to advise our church, don't fill your mind with CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN. You know what CNN is? The Chicken Noodle Network, okay? CNN, Chicken Noodle Network. Don't, don't fill your heart with, with that kind of garbage. I even have, we even have to learn to turn Fox News off once in a while. Because they're, invariably they're going to come up with something that's going to try to get you to be shaken in your faith. You know, our media is always telling us, oh, there's a new variant. <laughs> there's a new variant coming out. You know, there's another strain of COVID. Oh, dear God. Monkeypox. You mean monkeypox is going to, the worms are going to come in. The, 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 the bugs are going to come in and they're going to eat our, come on, somebody say amen. Omicron, Delta, Alpha, Beta, all these, all these different gammas, uh, Listen, I don't care if it's a lion, I don't care if it's a bear, I don't care if it's a giant, I just take the authority that the, our pastor talked about a while ago, we have authority in Christ Jesus, it's delegated, it's been delegated to us, Je- Jesus is the sheriff, but we're the deputies, okay? And he said, I'm giving you the authority to, rep- to, to, to act on my behalf, and he said, when that giant, or that bear, or that lion, or that COVID, or and I was talking to a lady earlier today, uh, her name is, uh, Ma- uh, what's her name, Tiffany, Mandy, uh, Mandy. And uh, she said that she was supposed to have died and she was in the hospital for 40 years. You know what she probably decided to do one day while she was laying there? She said, you know what? You might come to me with, with beta and gamma and, 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 and COVID-19 and you might come against me with all these, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. You know what? When, when David said, Goliath, I'm going to take your head from thee, my translation, my translation of that is Goliath, Goliath down. It's over. It's over. Praise God. 
All right. Christ point, it's over. It's over. There will be scrimmages, but we're going to win the battle. Okay? We win. We win. Everybody shout, I win. I win. I'm going to stand on the word of God, not Fox News, CBS, and CNN. Well, stand on the word of God. Lesson number three. I've got to hurry. Lesson number three. The desert is when I come face to face with my sin and my temptation. I thought you were going to preach this a while ago, Brother Pastor Josh. And this is where we have to get honest. We have to get gut honest. I come face to face with my temptations and my sin. Am I willing? Am I willing to admit the truth about myself? Am I willing to admit my dark side? Am I willing? You know, we have a recovery group at our church called Celebrate Recovery. Many of you have heard about it. It's a place where people can get, get delivered from their hurts and their hang-ups and their habits. And, and on every Monday night, we, we, uh, I'll be there tomorrow night uh, at Celebrate Recovery. And, uh, you know, there, there's a, there, there, one of the things that they, they tell you is nobody can get any help until, first of all, they're willing to admit they've got a problem. There's no help. You know, even, even the Word of God says we have to confess and forsake our sin. You can't get forgiveness until you confess your sin. Okay, and so, so you know, in Celebrate Recovery, people say, well, I, I've got a problem. What's your problem? Well, I, I don't want to talk about it. If you can't admit I've got a problem, I want to tell you something. You cannot be in denial. And by the way, the denial is not a river in Egypt, okay? Denial is I, don't, I can't admit it. it. You can't admit the truth about yourself. Listen, if everybody can't be wrong. Somewhere you're in the middle of that picture. Somewhere you've got to be able to admit. I told my church the other day, I said, if three people call you a jackass, go buy a saddle. I did. I said, not everybody can be wrong. There's something going on if everybody sees yourself, but you can't see it. Can I hear an amen? Been married four times. And it's always his fault, always her fault. Come on, something's wrong with that picture. You're the common denominator. I don't care whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it is. God can't fix you and help you until you're willing to admit, I got a problem, God. I need help, God. God, I'm calling upon you. Is this okay today? You can hide it or you can come out of hiding and be healed. Amen. Are we there yet? Don't have a clue. How long is this going to take? I don't have a clue. But it's probably going to be longer than I want it to be. So, lesson number four. I'm going to wrap it up. Lesson number four. The desert is the place you can learn to love God just because He is God. Not because of all the gifts that He gives you. Not because of all of the good things that He sends your way. Lesson number four. We learn to love God just because He is God. You see, in the desert places, in the desert places, your prayers aren't being answered. The desert places, you're not seeing things come to pass like you really thought they would be coming to pass by now. In the desert, you're waiting uh, for, for answered prayer. You're waiting for prophetic words to come to pass. In the desert place, you're up there waiting for just, uh, uh, God, how long is it going to take? Are we there yet? When's, when's this going to be over with? And, and uh, it, it, it's that moment in the desert that I find out, do I love God for God or do I love God because he's going to deliver me? Do I love God because he's my father or do I love God because of all the gifts and the, 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 the presence he gives me? Will I love life, the life that he gives me, 
Or do I love him when I only get the good stuff? Is this helping anybody today? Let me just see. Let me see this church over here. Am I helping anybody in this church over here? Okay, there's two. Am I helping anybody over here? There's three. Okay. <laughs> How many's getting anything out of this today? You know, uh, are we gonna? Are we just gonna? Are we gonna sit around and blame God when when we're going through the desert? Or are we gonna praise God anyhow? Brother, brother, pastor, a while ago said, we know we need to learn to praise God in the tough times. Learn to praise God when we don't see anything. Learn to praise God. You know, the battle's not yours. The battle is the Lord's. By the way, they won that battle through singing and praising God, didn't they? The desert's not intended by God to be a place of punishment. But it's a place where we learn to trust God and live under God's divine protection and care. Amen. The the desert was not just all about relocation. It was a training ground, wasn't it? It was, a, it was a place where they had to be taught. They had to see the hand of God. They had to begin to, and even though, even though everybody 20 and older that left Egypt didn't make it in, there was a younger generation rising up. And, and, and I, if my calculation's right, some of those that entered in was probably about 60 years old because they was in the wilderness for 40 years, and 20 of them, uh, the, you had to be 20 years of age. So some of those guys grew up in the wilderness. That's all they knew, but they still trusted God. I'm here today. I've come from Farmington to tell you this. Don't give up. God's got his hand on you he's guiding you through the desert places it may be dry but don't give up it might be a desert place it might be an empty place it might be a place where you're not seeing anything in the kingdom of god being established in your life but you continue to press in you continue to press on and don't give up it's not about the milk and honey it's not about the land it's not about the job it's not about the house it's not about the money i'm on a detour and i know everything's going to be all right Woo. I think, Brother Taylor, we better get ready to sing. We're going to call your team up here. We better just, we better turn this into a different direction now. It's only a desert. It's only a wilderness. We're going to get through this thing. Now, Pastor, why am I, why am I going through this desert? I don't have the answer to that, but I do know one thing. We all go through them. We all go through deserts. We all go through dry spells, do we not? Do we all not go through those times when, God, where are you? You feel like you're a million miles away. But how many knows he's there? He's still watching over you. He's still taking care of you. You may not see the abundance that you're going to see when you cross over into the promised land, but I'm here to tell you today that God is going to take care of you in the wilderness, and don't give up. Don't be shaken in your faith. Uh, I, I don't know what God's going to do, but I do know one thing. Jesus came from heaven to earth. He didn't take the shortcut. Even Jesus had some detours in the desert, but he humbled himself. And the Bible says that he, he became obedient unto death and took on the form of a servant. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're in a dark day, a dark valley. Maybe you've been going through something and you're thinking, Dear Lord, when's this going to end? How long am I going to have to go through this thing? Listen, even in the wilderness, God was a provider for them. They didn't want for anything when they were in the wilderness. God took care of their physical needs. He took care of of everything that they had need of. And I just want you to know today, regardless of where you're at on this journey, regardless of whether you're in the the wilderness or you're in Canaan or whether you're over, you know, in the promised land, I I want you to know that God's got this. Come on, somebody say it with me. God's got this. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? God's got this. Amen. God's got this. You know, there's always going to be detours. I hardly ever take a trip. Every time I go to Florida, 
there's detours. Every time I go to Dallas, there's detours. They're always working on the highway, and you have to take a detour. Does it slow you down? It might slow you down a little bit. But I don't get discouraged. I don't turn around and go back home. I don't curse God and die. There's going to be detours in life. The good thing is, we can enjoy the journey. When my wife and I get in the car and we start going somewhere, we enjoy the journey so much, we don't care if we don't, don't ever get there. We enjoy the journey. And that's what we need to learn to do. Maybe your prayers haven't all been answered. Maybe your needs have not all been met. Maybe, maybe you've had to, maybe you've had to, maybe, uh, go borrow some money to, to just to exist. Maybe you've had to, you know, uh, drive that old car just a little bit longer. But I want to tell you something. The wilderness, the dry times are going to be over. And God has prepared a land of abundance. He's prepared a place in Canaan for all of us to go through. Jesus carried his cross. He, he went through that winding road, uh, the Via Della something, what's it called? You, you're the brains here. And uh, he, he carried his cross through that winding road, Via Dolorosa, and the sorrowful way, the way of suffering. Even Jesus went that way. But thank God he didn't stay that way. He came out. He came out. He came up. He went up. So listen, my message to you today is just be patient. Hang on a little bit longer. You may be in the wilderness today, but there's a promised land right across the Jordan River for you. You might be going through some things this morning, but don't give up. It, it, it might just be a place of training. It might be a place where God wants you to draw a little closer to him. Don't give up. Keep pressing on. God says, my power is made strong in your weakness. Isn't that what it says? In your weakness. So let's learn to trust in God no matter where you're at today. I guarantee you it won't be a 40-year wilderness journey. Amen. Father, thank you today for your word. God, it's forever settled in heaven. And we thank you this morning, God, that this word has been planted on good ground. And it's going to bring forth a harvest of joy, a harvest of, 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 of success. It's going to bring forth, God, miracles, signs, and wonders are going to come out of all lips. And we praise you, Father. God, we're not discouraged because of the way. But we'll lift our hands and praise you in the wilderness. We'll lift our hands and praise you in the valleys of our life. We'll lift our hands and praise you, God, regardless of what we're going through right now. Because we know there's a, there's a, there's a promised land. There's a Jordan to cross. There's a land of Canaan that we're all going to enter into. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Every head bowed. Every head bowed. Every eye closed for just a moment. If you're in this building today, it may be your first time to Christ Point. It may be your first time to be in church in a long time. But if, this, if you're here this morning and your heart has moved away from God, you've gotten what we call cold. Sometimes we call it backslidden. Away from God. One time you were on fire for God. You were serving God with all of your heart. Something came in and stole your joy. And you, you, you put God on the back burner and now you're doing your own thing. If that's you this morning... And you say, Pastor, would you, would you just have the people of the church pray for me today? I, I want to get things right with God. I, I want to get back to where I used to be. I want to get closer to God than I've ever been before. If that's you, just slip your hand right up. I want to pray with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? I just want to get back on track. I've kind of veered off the little. I took the exit too soon, and I need to get back on the freeway. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. 